0: Psalm 103 says, "'Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name.'" Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. So we praise the Lord today. We want to sing praise to him. So if you turn in your hymn book, so you think about the blood and the cross and what Jesus did. 132, I know you'll sing out on this old favorite. There is power power in the blood 132 will stand up and sing out there's power in the blood let's stand and sing 132 Amen. Thank you so much, choir. I hope you can say that as well. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. For as long as he can remember, Brad Williams has been able to remember the most trifling dates and details about his life. For example, Brad can tell you it was August 18th, 1965, when his family stopped at Red Barn Hamburger during a road trip through Michigan. He was eight years old at the time and he had a burger, of course. It was a Wednesday, recall Williams, now 51. We stayed at a motel that night in Clare, Michigan. It it seemed more like a cabin. To Williams and his family, his ability to recall events and especially dates is a regular source of amusement. But according to one expert, Williams' skill might rank his memory among the best in the world. Doctors are now studying him and, and a woman with similar talents hoping to achieve a deeper understanding of memory. Williams, a radio anchor in La Crosse, seems to enjoy having his memory tested. Name a date in the last 40 years, and after a few moments, he can typically tell you what he did that day and what was in the news. How about November 7th, 1991? Let's see, he mused, gazing into the distance for about five seconds. That would be around when Magic Johnson announced he had HIV. Yes, a Thursday. There was a big snowstorm here the week before. He went on to identify correctly some 20 other events, including the birth of the first test tube baby in 1978, the toxic gas leak in Befall, India in 1984, and Billie Jean King's victory over Bobby Riggs in Tennessee's Battle of the Sexes in 1973. The news story I'm reading continues by saying Williams's brother first contacted McGall, a research professor at the University of California, Irvine, after the neurobiologist published a case study of a similar person in the journal Neurocase in 2006. Anybody get that, the Neurocase? Probably not. Anyway, uh, that woman is in her mid-40s and was identified only by the initials AJ. She told McGaw, whenever she hears a date, memories from that date in previous years flood her mind like a running movie. The phenomenon, she laments, is, quote, nonstop, uncontrollable and totally exhausting. Most have called it a gift, but I call it a burden, she wrote. I run my entire life through my head every day, and it drives me crazy. The article concluded the number of people with comparable memory skills has been hard to pin down. After publishing his research with A.J., McGall heard from about 50 people claiming they had the same skill or like Williams' brother knew someone who might. Of them, McGall and his colleagues have identified a third person, a 50-year-old Ohio man, who shows similar promise. Now, there are folks with memories like that, and then there are the rest of us. We lose our cars in Walmart parking lot. <laughs> and we try to look cool about it as we kind of walk our car around like, oh, I meant to go over yonder to go to my car over here. We don't want anybody to see it. <laughs> Lately, I feel really accomplished because I think I finally memorized the combination to my lock on my YMCA, YMCA uh, gym locker. You know, I finally got it goes this way to the right three times, and then this number, and then back, and I finally get it. But there's a lot to remember today, right? We've moved beyond remembering simple telephone numbers. In fact, a lot of us don't even memorize telephone numbers. We just punch them in and pull them up. We now have to remember passwords for websites. How about those? Don't you get tired of those? What's your login information? We have to remember special secret passwords to pick up our kids from summer camp. We have to remember to pay bills and water the plants and feed the dog. We have to remember a thousand other things on a daily basis, it seems. And our memories are struggling and no wonder we forget. Then there's our spiritual life. We have to remember to pray and to give and to share the gospel. We have to remember when it's our Sunday to serve in the nursery or to be a greeter or deacons. Which Sunday to wear your suit because we're serving the Lord's Supper. There's a lot to remember. Now, thankfully, we have a few things that help us. We have calendars. We have reminder apps. We try to make a reminder call here each week and, and we have one another. But it's a lot to keep up with, to say the least. It's a lot to remember. Maybe you think, well, preacher, what's the deal with all the talk about memory today? Well, I really don't remember. Uh, No, in all honesty, (laughs) it's because the Lord has some things he wants us to remember. And he took steps to make sure that we remember them. It's very interesting that you guys studied the Passover at camp. You ever thought about how God made it possible for his people to remember very significant events? In their journey with faith with him. There is the Passover as they remember and look back at that night when God brought them out with a mighty hand. As the death angel came through and they had to put the blood upon the doorpost. And they would celebrate and remember. There's the festival of booths or tents where they would set up. Uh, and remember the time when they were dwelling out and living in those type of circumstances. Uh, when they crossed over the river George. Remember they set up stones to remember And uh, also to remind other people of God's faithfulness and God's provision and God's care. And the Lord wants us to remember something as well. Something of great significance. And in fact, we remember it from time to time here. And it's called the Lord's Supper or Communion. You know, once we are baptized to become a member of the church or a church like ours, we then participate in this uh, ordinance. We have two ordinances in the church. We have baptism. And we have the Lord's Supper. I love how John Hammett describes the two ordinances. If baptism is the wedding ceremony in which a believer publicly declares his commitment to Christ. And so he's baptized or she's baptized telling everybody I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. If that's like a wedding ceremony, he said the Lord's Supper is like an anniversary celebration. Where the wedding vows are renewed and time after time remember that time where we met the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I want to do in our few moments together today before we celebrate the Lord's Supper is I want to kind of give a refresher course on what we're doing here. Now you all know what a refresher course is, right? You learn some material, you know about a subject, perhaps you've been doing that for many, many years, but you have to go back and take a refresher course where you spend some time going over the basics and sharpening your skills I've been preaching, I guess now, for 22 years. And yet I still study preaching. I still read books on it. I still read magazines or attend seminars or classes or whatever. I still want to listen to other people preach. I still want to sharpen my skills. And many of you here have celebrated the Lord's Supper for years. Maybe you've been a Christian for 50 years and you've been celebrating the Lord's Supper faithfully for 50 years. But it's good to have a refresher course. And then maybe some today. Maybe this is your first time you've been saved, you've been recently baptized and joined the church, and maybe this is the very first time you're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper today. And it's an exciting time. It's good for you to have a review as well. So I want to just ask some questions, give some Bible answers, and then we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper. If you have your Bibles, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, please. I just want to read us this very short passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to ask and answer four questions. And then we'll celebrate together the Lord's Supper. First Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at verse 23. There's a lot here we could talk about, but for the sake of our time today, we're going to focus on verses 23 through 26. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three, 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, Biblical answers, number one, here's the question, why do we celebrate the Lord's Supper? Why do we celebrate the Lord's Supper? Now I want you to imagine someone who comes to a service like this who's never been inside of a church before. They don't know anything about hymns, about the Bible, about Jesus. They come to a service like this, and it's a Sunday where we're celebrating the Lord's Supper. Now, what do you think that person is thinking? Do you think perhaps they're looking at us and saying, what is the deal with this juice and the bread? Why are these fancy plates up here? Why are they doing this? Why are all the men wearing suits that are serving it? Why is everybody so reverent? What is the deal about this juice and this bread? Well, let me give you the short answer. First of all, Jesus started this. Jesus started this. He's the one who served the first Lord's Supper and he told us to keep on doing it. And we know that Paul says in this passage in verse 23, what he received this from the Lord. He delivered to us uh, this message from the Lord on the same night he was betrayed. He's about to go to the cross on that very same night. He took the bread and cup and gave it to his disciples. We can go back to some of the other Gospels and read about that night and what Jesus did there in the upper room as he celebrated the Lord's Supper, the Passover. And, and, in, and here, verse 26 tells us this is more than just a one time event. It's implied there. It says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup. So in other words, listen, this is not just a one-time deal. As often as you do it, you do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So we know why we celebrate because Jesus started it and Jesus told us to keep it going. But here's another question. What do we celebrate at the Lord's Supper? So we know why we're doing it. Jesus started it. We know that uh, he said, keep on doing as often as you do this. But what do we celebrate? Well, broadly speaking, the big picture, we could say we're celebrating today the cross and the second coming. We're celebrating the cross and the second coming. Put another way, the Lord's Supper serves as a reminder because we need help and we need reminders and we need help with our memories. It reminds us to look back at the cross Of the Lord Jesus Christ, it reminds us to look forward to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming again. Now, notice as we look back, we've we've noticed the bread. Jesus said that was his body broken for us. And the juice or the wine was the new covenant in his blood. So that bread we're going to take today represents the body. Of the Lord Jesus Christ That body that was beaten That body that was abused That body that was marred That body that was nailed to the cross That's a reminder of His body And the Jews remind us of His precious blood Which was given to redeem us And you guys learned about redemption buying back, paying that price And Jesus said, here in this passage Paul says, Jesus said, take eat This is my body And then he said what? Take and drink This is my blood Now listen It was not literally His body and blood they were eating and drinking that night. Now, common sense tells us that, number one. Why? Because Jesus was sitting there with them, taking the bread, taking the cup, and giving it to them. So common sense tells us. But there are those today who believe, even today, that when they eat bread and drink that cup, it literally becomes the body of, of Jesus Christ, and you're eating His body. And it literally becomes the blood, and you're drinking His blood. Friend, it's not. It's a representation, it's a reminder, it pictures His body and His blood. So we look back and remember the cross, we look forward to look from and think about His second coming. So looking back to the past and ahead to the future has a tremendous impact on the present. Today, we celebrate his love for us. And at the same time, we're, not, we're celebrating his love, but we're humbled by his great sacrifice. You know, emotionally, the Lord's Supper is a, is a mixed bag, isn't it? I mean, emotionally speaking, uh, we don't act like buffoons. My boys know that word. I, I say it a lot, buffoons. You ever say we're acting like buffoons. We, we don't act like buffoons. We don't act crazy Why? this is a holy, reverent time. But we also don't act like hopeless mourners weeping and mourning. Why? Because we know that our Savior lives and He's coming again. There's a mixture of joy and somberness. It's a mixture of of reverence and happiness. It's a real mixture there. That's why we say we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Because we actually see the gospel here. Because we know that the, the, the blood is represented in that juice and the body is represented in the bread. But he says what? He says, as often as you do this, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. That is, He's alive. And He's coming back. And so the Lord's Supper really is a picture of the gospel The death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ And He's alive and He's coming again And so we're humbled by His sacrifice We're humbled by His love But we're also rejoicing in His victory And rejoicing in the fact that He's coming back And as often as we do this We show the Lord's death till He comes It's also a reminder of our unity The fact that we are one in Christ And we come together in unity and harmony as we celebrate Jesus Christ. So we know why we celebrate. We know what we're celebrating. Well, here's another question. When do we celebrate the Lord's Supper? You say, well, as soon as you're done preaching, right? But in reality, looking at the early church, it seems that they celebrated the Lord's Supper every day. John MacArthur said this, and I'll give you the scripture in a moment that he's basing this on. I'm convinced that the early church celebrated the Lord's table on a daily basis. In fact, it is not unlikely that they may have had communion with every meal they ate. It was common in those days for fellowship to revolve around a table as people ate together. The host simply sat down, took a piece of bread, broke it, and that act initiated the meal. Later in the life of the church, the frequency of sharing a meal with communion had been reduced to a weekly pattern. I'll give you the scripture again in a moment. When the church met together on the first day of the week, they would have a fellowship meal and communion followed by a sermon. The love feast, however, gradually faded away since it was a practice of the culture and not something instituted by our Lord uh, or the apostles. And here's what he based the scripture on. Acts 2.46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread From house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. So maybe on a daily basis early on. Then it went to a weekly basis. Acts 20, verse 7. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, there it is. Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Now, here in our passage, it says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup. We believe there is freedom. As to how often we need to celebrate the Lord's Supper. We could choose to celebrate the Lord's Supper every Sunday. We could choose to celebrate the Lord's Supper every service. We could choose to celebrate the Lord's Supper every month. We here normally uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper once a quarter on the fifth Sunday. And sometimes we'll also add an additional time from time to time we celebrate. Now, here's the question. Why did we choose every quarter? Well, in all honesty, I was not around in 1860 when Red Hill Baptist Church was started. Were you all here? (laughs) And I'm assuming this goes way back. And I'm assuming that those early church leaders probably decided upon their frequency whenever that was, 1860 or later. Probably so it didn't become so routine that it became meaningless. You know, you do something over and over and over again, sometimes as a way of losing, losing its significance. I watch that sometimes with the doxology. You know, think about the words. Praise God from all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. And we, we sing that. Praise God from Him all blessings flow. This just loses meaning. Sad to say, because think what we're singing, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And so there's a danger, I think, if we did it too frequently, it would lose its meaning. We say, Oh, it's time to eat the bread and juice. And it would be meaningless. So I think that the the, the, the the ideal here is to do it regularly, but not too much where it becomes just another item on the list that we just check all of a sudden, yeah, we've done that. And so I don't know what the reason was, but I guess there was. But here's the point there is a freedom. Here, as often as you do this, so whether we're doing it once a quarter, once a month, every Sunday, there's a freedom. And the point is, as often as you do it, you're proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. And so we've chosen to do it at least four times a year, sometimes more. We have celebrated the at sunrise before uh, we've done. I think we did a good Friday service here one time and had the communion. But the point is. That we do it as often as we choose. And when we do it, we show the Lord's depth. So here's the point. We know why. We know what. We know when. Now here's the fourth question. Who do we celebrate at the Lord's Supper? Now we know the answer to who when it comes to those participating. We know the Lord's Supper to baptized believers or a member of this local church or one like it. But I'm asking this question. Who do we celebrate at the Lord's Supper? And the obvious answer is... The Lord Jesus Christ. In our passage, you'd read twice, the Lord Jesus says these words that we're to do this in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me. You see, beloved, this is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Today, as we take this bread and we drink this juice, we're remembering Jesus. And as we do it, we do it humbly, with humility. We do it with reverence. This is a holy moment. We do it with awe and wonder to think about how much God loves us and sending Christ to die for us. We do it as an act of worship, exalting him and praising him. And beloved, we do it with a heart of gratefulness, thankfulness. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. You see, this special time helps us to focus on Jesus Christ. For for just a few moments, you know, we talked about it in Sunday school. We're swimming in information. The world is screaming at us, but for these few moments, we set all that aside. We set everything aside, and we think about Jesus, and we focus on Jesus. We exalt Jesus, and we worship Jesus, and we thank Jesus for the great sacrifice, and. We remember that he's coming again. As often as you do this, you do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Even so come, Lord Jesus. And So today we want to do this in remembrance of Jesus. The Bible is very clear that it's important how we approach the table. And We should take a moment, allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts. And make sure we take it today with clean hands. In a pure heart. Would you do that before we serve it? Just pray right there where you are. If you don't know the Lord Jesus, today's the day to turn from your sin and place your faith in him. For those of you who do know him, would you allow him to look into your life right this moment? And give anything right that ought to be made right <coughs> now, Father, we thank you for this special time of remembering our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. We do this in remembrance of him today. We do it with joy and gratefulness and humility as we realize just how much you loved us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for voluntarily... And willingly giving your life for us. Shedding your blood for us. And thank you that you rose again victorious in power. And you're coming again. Even so come, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. We want to sing just one verse of a hymn as we prepare our hearts today. You would take your hymn book, 185. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul, friends may fail me, foes assail me. He, my Savior, makes me whole. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. He is with me to the end. We want to sing that first verse only. So if you'd stand together today, we'll sing as we prepare our hearts to receive the Lord's Supper.